Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us as we talk about the Sport of Kings. Winning Ponies heating up this summer with over 47 Million in exotic payouts. Not too shabby indeed. The industry-leading easy win form is easy to understand and very effective to use. If you're a first-time player to a seasoned professional, I think you're going to find it easy to use with color-coded tier levels, speed rating for this race, and a composite rating for the last three. Their own turf ratings. And I have to warn you, when you actually see the double plus symbol, I've never lost on one of those to date. I'll let you know if I do. I'll let you know if we're on second. Let you know if we're on third. Have not lost on one as of yet. In-depth rider, trainer, stats. And you're off to the races with that. Blogs, stories, news, free selections. Special offers in industry best easy win forms. More than just a radio show, check it out at www.winningponies.com. On Facebook, on Twitter, stop gambling and start winning. That's with Winning Ponies. Check us out. So we know what they're doing. How are you doing? Drop us a testimonial. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know how you did on the big day. Come on, don't keep it in. Don't keep it in. You can, you can just give an initial, as in plural. Give us a couple initials. We'll pop it up in there. For that, cap and or t-shirt to be looking really good for winning bunnies. Love to hear from you. Love to hear some feedback. Feedback's always good stuff. What's happening tonight? we got a recap tonight from last week, as we always do. Biggins, as we always do, because we like to give you a report card of how we're doing. Story to kind of get us going. One's kind of okay, kind of interesting. I found it interesting. The other, kind of a hold your breath and wait. Guest on deck tonight. Got two. Dose. That's right. We have ourselves an incredible night of trainers. Join us first is going to be Mr. Brett Calhoun. Incredible trainer. Got one to bash for manner. We're going to check in with him on that. Following up segment number three, we're going to be chatting with Mr. Tony Detro, who's 61% of the money, 56% for Brett Calhoun. Those are incredible stats. Those are staggering stats. Those are walk-off homer stats. Got a great night of trainers on deck. Hope you enjoy that. If we get a little time, we'll go to some final furlong handicapping and whatever's left out there from news from around the world of racing. 
always have to keep you up to date. And keeping you up to date right now, let's take a look at last week. And I hope that you were aboard. Hope Winning Ponies was able to guide you in the Mother Goose Grade 1 of Belmont. Mile on the 16th, Buster's Ready is the winner. Johnny Velasquez, Todd Pletcher Show comes to town and stays in town. Four and a quarter lengths is the winner. Buster's Ready. The King Edward Stakes, Grade 2 at Woodbine. Woodbine having a nice weekend of racing, a mile on the turf. Court of the Realm, Eureka Da Silva. Pat Berenger wins by a half a length over 50 proof. Society's chairman rounds out the try. The New York Stakes, Grade 2 at Belmont, 150,000, a mile and a quarter on the weeds. Giants play is the winner, and I believe I called that one out because I actually bet a couple dollars, just a couple dollars. Rajiv Marat for Christophe Lament wins by a dirty head over Zagora. Giants play was not the favorite, I believe 7-2. Bia burns third. Hollywood Oaks, Grade 2, Hollywood Park, a mile and a 16th. Winner Zazu, Joel Reserve for John Sadler, wins by a length and a half. Over the Oaks, winner Plum Pretty. Prairie Meadows, Cornhusker, grade three. Prairie Meadows, $300,000 up for grabs. Winner, Headache, Miguel Mena and Mike Maker wins by two and a half lengths. Over Awesome Gem, the Iowa Derby, grade three. Prairie Meadows, $250,000. Prayer for Relief, Rafael Bejarano and Bob Baffert shipping in together on the California train. Winning by two over Sheriff Cogburn and Dreaming of the Win. The Iowa Oaks, a grade three of Prairie Meadows, 200000 up for grabs. Little Miss Holly is the winner. Corey Lannery, Steve Margolis team up to win by a deuce. Boiling Springs, grade three of Mammoth. Summer Soiree, Gabriel Saez and Graham Motion wins by eight and a half lengths over my sunshine gal. And he's a knight. And rounding out the big races from last week, the stakes. That is the graded. The debutante, grade three at Churchill Downs, $109,000 up for grabs for these two-year-olds. Going six panels, winner, Flashy Lassie. Kent DeSormo for Gary Sims wins by length of her five-star mama. And Queen Tuta. So there you have a little taste of what was happening last week. Hopefully you were aboard of all of that. And to kind of keep us in check here, because we got a gentleman in line. He's on hold. We're going to be getting to him in a few moments here. Mr. Brett Calhoun is going to be joining us. Looking forward to that. Started watching him out in Texas. Started catching some tickets on him. Started to really enjoy to watch Texas racing, and he made it a whole new love for me. We'll get into that and a whole lot about Mr. Calhoun. Seems to be a very nice gentleman. I think you're going to enjoy listening to that. He is going to be joining us here momentarily. We're going to talk about biggins from last week. Hopefully you were aboard. Now, this is kind of our checkmate card for were we right? Were we wrong? Hopefully you won. Indiana Downs on Friday, June 24th. There were 142 total biggins led the pack. Race 11, Superfecta Box, $12,888.20. Who says chalk wins there? Not I, said the fly. Saturday, June 25th, 146 total biggins. Mountaineer Park, race 9. That's a Superfecta, $8,732.00. Eighty cents. Sunday, June twenty sixth, one hundred forty three total biggins. Sunray Park race seven, a superfecta box eleven thousand three eighty one even. Monday, June twenty seventh, fifty two total biggins. Prairie Meadows lights them up. Races two through five. That's a pick four, but three of four pays a whopping twelve thousand one hundred thirty three dollars and forty cents. That's pretty good for three out of four. Tuesday, June twenty eighth, fifty total biggins. Indy Downs again. Race eight, a superfecta key. 
Wednesday, June 29th, 78 total biggins. Woodbine leads the pack. Race 6, a superfecta key. Hang on tight. 32,112.10. And Thursday, June 30th, 11 total biggins. Churchill Downs is the winner. Race 3, a superfecta key. 1,104.80. Races are ongoing right now. Stop gambling, start winning. Check us out, winningponies.com. Your one-stop shop there. Kind of running down so you can plan ahead. we got a huge weekend of racing. A lot of big tracks, you know, you saw kind of taking off on Wednesday. Is they're they're going to rock back on us on, on Monday because we've got ourselves, as an old friend used to tell me, the full measure of pure pleasure. And, in fact, we are going to have that. Now, beginning on Saturday... Running down a lot of the key stakes. Monmouth Park offers up the United Nations. Belmont has the Suburban Stakes. Hollywood, the Shoemaker Mile. Hollywood, the Triple Bend. Monmouth, the Salvatore Mile. Belmont, the Dwyer Stakes. Woodbine, the Achievement Stakes. Churchill, the Bashford Manor Stakes. And there might be a gentleman that we're going to speak to that might have a horse in there. Evangeline, the D.S. Shine Young Memorial Futurity. Like that already. I like UBG. Louisiana Showcase, Classic Stakes. Turf stakes, turf sprint. Wow, they have got they've got some money to spend at EVG. Sunray Park, the Tuda stakes, eighty five thousand dollars. Parks, the Pepiati stakes, seventy five thousand dollars. The Cotton the Rain at Parks as well, seventy five large. And then we go to Thistledown, the Cleveland Gold Cup, seventy five thousand. Calder offers up the JJ's Dream, fifty five thousand. Delaware, the Sheikh, Zaid bin Sultan, Anahan Arabian Cup. I hope I didn't botch that one up. But they're going to have a big race there. Now, that is going to be on Saturday. Then they come right back on Sunday. Woodbine offers the Bison City. Belmont, the Matron. Belmont, the Futurity. Woodbine, the Clarendon. Monmouth, the Jersey Shore. Belmont, the Bed of Roses. Arlington, the Chicago Handicap Mountaineer, the Firecracker. Monmouth, the Miss Liberty. Mountaineer, the Independence Day, the Dale Bear Memorial Stakes. My goodness, was he a trainer. Robert K. Carolyn Memorial. You name it, we got it. And then July 4th, they're right in there as well. So that's kind of giving you a Saturday-Sunday look. You can always check that out online. Saw something that, that I was actually reading. I love to actually read what people are writing in, in their blogs and their stories. It's called the infield. I like to scan everybody's work, kind of see what's out there, all the good stuff. Top five examples of West Coast equine domination in East Coast races. Almost sounds like some old rapper song. East Coast, West Coast, there really wasn't a rap man or interested, but I just remember there was the big, the big to who. It almost sounds like they're tossing it down. But anyway, I started reading it, and it said, anyway, here are my top five races where the East Coast establishment experienced West Coast domination. Five was I Want Revenge Annihilating in the 2000, 2009 Wood. I do agree. It was a horrible trip. Jeff Mullins came here and ran like a monster. And then four, Sandpit takes the second United Nations under Gary Stevens and D-Way Lucas. He, he was a champion in Brazil, shipped to California. He won the Oak Tree Invitational. Monster. Three, in excess, wins four in a row. You can see them on YouTube. I agreed. Two, John Henry in the inaugural Arlington Million. It just seems like yesterday. Yeah, I mean, in the 81 million uh, Euro horse, the Bart stayed up on the pace. 
you know, set by uh, Key to Contend, John Henry. You, as we've all heard of the great John Henry, stuck in a pack of the classic uh, turf horses from all over the, the U.S. and abroad. He, he looked beaten. He looked like he was all done and over with. The old man just showed how good he was. Wow. And the Bart won the race by a flare of a nostril. Go check it out on YouTube. It's really cool. Tis now, number one, crushes into classics. Agreed. At first, I was looking for reasons not to like it, and then I found reasons of just why I really liked it. It was actually pretty incredible. Talking about something incredible, it's really kind of got me shocked here. Canterbury Dozen's sweat-out shutdown, a possible shutdown of the state government, has Canterbury Park Denison's worried about ramifications. As a manager of the barn at Canterbury Downs, Mark Stancato spends much of his day solving problems, dispensing information, though he's been unable to answer one. Are they going to close up shop on Friday? The question continued. Cloudy air at Shakeby Track Wednesday with a threat of government shutdown still looming over the state. Boy, I sure hope it doesn't. While entries are being taken for the Saturday's nine-race card, they may close after tonight's races if the government shuts down. Horsemen have not given up. They will have a hearing in Scott County for a temporary injection to keep it open. My goodness, this is such a monster weekend. How can this be happening? We talk about the game making strides. At Canterbury, I, I heard nothing but good things over the years. The track kitchen, the clocker stands, they're all hubbub. Of, of Information Central. You're going to have people asking a million questions, and there's going to be a million different answers. Canterbury President Randy Sampson was shocked by the decision. I'm really, really surprised on this one. This, this caught my eye out of the blue, actually, actually on Equidaily. Every time we start making two steps forward, it seems like something comes along and knocks us about 10 steps back. With the 4th of July weekend I was alluding to, there are some tremendous races, which means it helps the purses, it helps the horsemen, the trainers, the owners, the grooms, the, the riders, everyone involved, the track itself. This is one of the big weekends of the year. Don't want to lose your business. Canterbury, good thoughts to you. And some of the good folks I know from up there, wish them nothing but the best. All right, time to head out to our first break. And when we return, we're going to be chatting with our special guest of the week, Mr. Brad Calhoun, but you're only going to get it here if you stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. 
The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us. For without you, there'd be no us, and boy, are we glad you're with us. Speaking about being glad someone's with us, we have a gentleman on the line who's been waiting patiently. Let's jump right out to him. Second segment is special guest segment, special guest this week, Mr. Brett Calhoun. Brett, are you there? I'm here. Thank you, sir. I, I understand you came right from a meeting right to the phone, and now you're uh, taking time out of your schedule again. Yes, it's great to be on. <laughs> it is great to have you on. Uh, you know, I was I was kind of reading uh, bits and pieces about you, Brett. Uh, uh, born in Dallas, Texas, and then I always ask our first time guest because have you been there before? We want to kind of move on to bigger and better things and what's happening, but we want to start with the basics so our listeners really kind of get a feel. How did you become a, a professional trainer? Was it in your heart, family, uh, just something you wanted to do as a kid? Well, it's something my parents were just avid horse race fans uh, early on, and I started sending my two bucks to the track with them to bet and got enamored with the business and reading the racing form. And it went from them just being uh, fans to owning a few horses, and that's where I got hooked from there back when I was a, a young teenager. And uh, my parents tried to keep me out of the industry as long as they could, but <laughs> after they decided that's pretty much what my passion was, they uh, they pretty much you know gave me their blessings and uh, went Went, uh, went on with it from there. Well, that's always important to have the parental blessing. It always works uh, well to the winner's circle, of a place which I've uh, seen you uh, more than once. Uh, this year alone, you're winning 25%, 57% in the money, which are incredible, staggering numbers. But before I even go there, Texas Tech, you attend the Texas Tech. Are you a Raiders fan to the state? Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me you don't have uh, season tickets or anything like that. No, I don't. I don't get back to Lubbock much anymore. I stay on the road pretty much, and Lubbock hasn't been one of my stops in a while. <laughs> and I and I read uh, there was a little blurb. It was a one-liner that actually before you you undertook the endeavor of being a professional trainer, that you sold print advertising in Dallas. Correct. After I left Texas Tech University, I sold print advertising uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Met- Metroplex for about five years. Stayed in the horse business, kind of part time. Uh, 
used to gallop horses at a training center before I'd go to work and I kind of kept in it part-time until I went uh, went into it full-time after five years of selling advertising. Well, uh, from one tough business to another, and you're at least the, you know the animal you're on in the morning now. And uh, but uh, advertising and selling, and uh, especially in this economy, is is challenging to say the least. Brett, you've had some really super runners, and to name a few, it'd be it'd be impossible to name each and every one. Grand Line, Spedacious, uh, Shock Time, Illusion of Speed, Grandacious, uh, I believe. Med- Bella Medallia, and then my favorite. It's my favorite because, actually, I've cashed more than once on the big day on the Turf Monster, Chamberlain Bridge, and Dubai Majesty, winner of the Philly Mare Sprint on Breeders' Cup Day. Try to sum it up, if you can. I mean, from, you know, with a 25% win click, 57% of money, what's it like to have all these monsters in your barn? Well, it was a pretty special weekend, obviously, for me. Uh, never had horses, uh, you know, achieve uh, win races of that caliber. Um, the special story with Chamberlain Bridge, he, he was a claiming horse. We claimed him for 35000 and uh, went on to win uh, multiple graded races and, and top it off with uh, a Breeders' Cup. And, and it was a race that uh, I thought we had a big chance going into it. Uh, when we drew the one hole, I thought we had no chance, basically. He just run a phenomenal race and overcome quite a few obstacles and won that. Um, uh, the weekend started with D- Dubai Majesty on a Friday. Uh, we were pretty confident going in, drew a good post. We had to supplement her for 90000 She's also a filly that had a um, uh, mild early beginning. She was a uh, she was a claiming horse and claim, running claim races four or five races before I, I we pur- probably purchased her. Uh, and she went on to uh, win a grade one in the Breeders' Cup for us. But um, she she had to be supplemented for 90000 She won on Friday. Uh, I told the owner of uh, Chamberlain Bridge, I said, what do you think, what were you thinking your odds were of winning one on Saturday with Chamberlain Bridge after I won one on Friday? Because uh, who would ever think you'd win two uh, Breeders' Cups in a weekend? So uh, uh, it was it was a you know great weekend, and uh, probably you hope to, to be back to the Breeders' Cup uh, again one day, but uh, those are pretty special races to, to win, and they don't come along very often. No, sir, they don't. You have to relish the, the time while you can, and uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, especially Churchill being uh, in the focus in the fall, in November. I don't know if you have anything of, uh, of planned wise, but you know what? We'll keep our fingers crossed for you all the way for that one. How many head do you have right now in your care? About 120. Uh, the wow. numbers get a little higher in the summer, uh, spring and summer with the two-year-olds coming in, and, and the numbers tail off in the fall, winter months uh, as you freshen some. Um, and uh, we, we got down, you know, 80, 85 horses in the dead of winter last year, and we're back up to around 120 right now. 120. Wow, that's that's a that's a staggering number. And and you've had some intriguing owners as well. Yeah, I really have. I've, I've been fortunate to have some great owner, owners over time, uh, all parts of uh, of business. Um, it's been really really a lot of fun. That always, when you have the right people coming together at the right time for the right reason, it's uh, success is just a, a, a twist around the corner. Currently seventh on the 2011 list as a trainer with over over 8,500 wins, if I have that correct number there, and way over 41 million in career earnings. Uh, did you envision this degree of success when you settled up, and, and especially with 120 head operation? Those numbers are staggering. No, I would have never expected to, to uh, 
get to this point from where I, I started. Never, you know, never have visions of that. I don't think or uh, in my wildest dream when I was struggling in the early days, having you know four or five cheap claimers, work my way up to ten or fifteen, and then back down to one or two. Should have been out of the game on more than one occasion, but too stupid or too hard headed to get out <laughs> one of the two, and to persevere and. And then to have the last five or six years that we've had, just uh, it's it's been unbelievable. It's still to this day, it's, it's still you kind of got to pinch yourself to to believe it. Well, you can believe it. This Saturday in the Bachelor Manor Grade Three, six panels down at Churchill, uh, where, where you're winning ten percent, and as I said before, you're twenty five and fifty seven on the year. But you've got a little speedster by the name of uh, Little Cherokee Miguel Mena in the Arts at six to one. Yeah, I tell you what, we're probably going to scratch that horse out. Um, you know, the post position we drew, drew down inside 11 horse field. Uh, it didn't work well for us last week when we brought the, the Philly Shock time back in two weeks and shipped her from Texas up there and got a tremendous speed doing a 21 and two first quarter and I believe 44 and fourth of a half and just cooked her. And it looks like this could be more of the same coming out of the two hole. Uh, you know, these inexperienced horses. Not a real good time that I can feel like I could take the horse back from the two hole and get covered up, and don't want to send him out there and burn him up. So I think we're just going to scratch and look for another spot and fight another day. In fact, are there any big Texas bred races coming your way? You know, got a nice two-year colt by Cherokee run there. Um, you know, he's he's pretty much out of races for now uh, in Texas, and that's one reason we moved him up there. So he'll probably uh, show up and. You know, maybe Prairie Meadows next time, middle of July or something. Uh, we'll, we'll look for another another spot for him. He's a nice colt, and I, I don't want to do too much of him too early. And it didn't work out too well. But this is a bad move on my part to run that silly back in two weeks last uh, last weekend. And you know, you think they won so easy that maybe they could bounce back quick. But you know, the fact is, she did run fast down here. I shipped her up there and, and ran her two weeks later and didn't work out. This this horse was going to have an extra week. Uh, which I think would have been beneficial. If he'd have drawn a better post outside, uh, I was all for running him. But when he drew down inside and our hand was going to be forced, uh, we decided to uh, scratch him and fight another day. I think that's a listener alert right there that you're given time. That's the the old cure-all from every horseman worth their salt. And uh, you're actually going to look for the right spot, which in boxing, that's the way they make champions. So I, I, I think with Little Cherokee, I'm going to be on the lookout and have it in my, my stable alert there, so I won't miss out, uh, Brett. Uh, you know, I, I started watching you at, uh, on the Texas area, Lone Star. Uh, was there anyone you considered in Texas to be a mentor of sorts that moved your game towards that at the, today's level? Well, when I first started, actually, I didn't really start in Texas much because we didn't have paramutual wagering at the time. Mm-hmm. Texas. So we were always traveling to the surrounding states, and really, I uh, I, I kind of watched some guys uh, in uh, around Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana Downs was back in those days was a, a very top notch racetrack, and uh, a guy like Frankie Brothers was a guy that was kind of a king at the time, and I uh, I paid a lot of attention to what he did. Well, I don't think you could go wrong with Frankie and uh, Donna and his side uh, that, in fact, they, they'd be a sound operation. I would consider that to be a great learning experience. 
I have to ask, uh, Brett, I, I ask trainers a variation of this question each and every week. Uh, racing, as we know, is one of the most exciting sports around. You know, would you professionally advise someone look to get in the game to start a partnership or to take part in a, in a larger syndicate operation, or would you just say, you know, give us some time and wait it out? No, I think those are good. The right ones are good to get your feet wet and learn the business a little bit, uh, get in with the right people and own a little piece of it and see how things work. Uh, I think there's a lot more to it uh, than I think uh, people understand, and uh, I think those, it's a good way to get your, get your feet wet and get involved. You know, I, I can't agree with you more when I see everybody out there having such a great time in the winter circle. It, it makes it all worthwhile. And I, I think, uh, you know, at first I thought, well, maybe a smaller group. No, I, I think a larger group would be more fun. It's actually uh, everybody there for the common reason. And, and this year's Kentucky Derby was indicative of that when you saw so many people out there really uh, celebrating our, our sport. But, hey, I may be a little bit biased Brett, uh, we're, we're hearing that racing is up and down in ratings. Do you think things are on an upswing, or do we have a long road to travel? I think we have a long road to travel right now. We're, we've got to come up with some some new ideas and get the fans back to the racetrack. It used to be the sport of kings. It was one of the only games in town, you know, and now there's so much competition out there from other sports, and, and I think we've kind of rested on our laurels a little bit and uh, haven't promoted ourselves very well over the years. There's not one main governing body. There's so many other, so many people out there have different ideas. Um, and I always throw NASCAR in there and see where NASCAR's gone and what they've been able to accomplish. And it seems like we've been passed by in a lot by a lot of the sports and lost a lot of our fan base. And uh, at some point in time, we've got to uh, get everybody together and get on the same page and, and promote this industry because it is. Uh, it is failing, and it is um, the popul- horse population is getting less, the fan base is getting less, and so we, we've got a long road to home. I think that's an interesting analogy about NASCAR. They, they are just such a mega giant of knowing how to treat the fans and give them what they want. I think you're right. I, I think we could stand to learn a lot from what the NBA and the NFL uh, could have been back in the 60s and 70s. I, I think we could learn a whole lot from NASCAR as a model right now. Brett, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for your time and wish you and yours and your barn the best for the second half of the year. And hopefully we'll be seeing you in the Breeders' Cup sooner rather than later. Thank you, Mr. Calhoun, and best of luck to you, sir. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Brett Calhoun joined us, and we got our next guest. He's online. I don't want to hold him any further. Joining us now in segment number three, per se, would be an incredible trainer. I believe 61% in the money. Very strong indeed. Joining us now, Mr. Tony Dutro. Tony, are you there? I am. I am. Thank you so much for taking time uh, to be with us this evening. I'm kind of glad to to actually have one of the Dutro brothers on. Well, it's uh, it's great that uh, programs like you are out there trying to uh, bring this to everybody and, and um, uh, ignite a little bit of uh, more interest in the in the sport. So my uh, my thanks are, are for you and, and people like you. Well, thank you, sir, and and ours are to you because it makes it that much more interesting. Uh, born in Maryland, jumping right into it, eldest son, I believe, of the three Dutcher brothers. When did you know exactly what time or an age that racing was going to be in your blood and that's where it was going to stay? I think I was 
I was born into it. My dad had a bunch of horses uh, my whole life, but I think around the age of 10, 1968, I think uh, I knew it was for me. 1968, and just about when uh, most kids are out there just uh, playing peewee ball, you're making uh, decisions that are going to carry you for the rest of your life. I had to say, wow, that that is that's an incredible focus there. And, and you came yeah, under the please. I was lucky. I I was lucky. Uh, I knew uh, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I, I was fortunate. And, in fact, you were with the guidance and tutelage of, of your late father, Dick, and, and Hall of Famer uh, Bobby Frankel. I, I don't think they teach that kind of experience in night school, do they? Um, my dad, uh, he had a great work ethic. He was a machine. Um, I learned a lot of great stuff from my dad. He he had a way of uh, being able to focus and mind his own business and pay attention to his own affairs, and he kept the emotion out of it, and uh, matter-of-fact kind of guy. Uh, just a relentless worker, and and Frankel, I was around Frankel, uh, worked for Bobby for a little while, and um, just enough can't be said about uh, about his way with horses. Um, um, just a fantastic uh, horseman, uh, so incredibly smart. Um, very very lucky too. I, 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 I he he just was. Uh, he he was a, a lucky guy with horses, but. Nonetheless, he was uh, fantastic uh, around him and and so incredibly smart. Two great mentors to to kind of break into the game with. Uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, sir. Uh, your father was uh, known uh, quite the career uh, with uh, with claimers. If I have that uh, regard, as one of the top climbing trainers with King Leatherberry, John Tamara, Buddy Delp in the '60s and '70s. And do the names King Swan and Light the Fuse mean anything to you? Yeah, Dad did claim King Swan, and um, he was a really nice horse. Um, Dad did a great job with him, and so many others. And my dad was probably known. Uh, I think it's safe to say that he was known as a claim and trainer, and he was he was very very good at it. And uh, he he played that game against other guys that were incredibly good at it, of of which the names uh, you already uh, spoke of, and. Uh, those years were uh, were really special. Um, you learned a lot, put a lot of hours in, and um, um, there was a lot to be said for that type of uh, of uh, uh, you know being around horses. When I read, you know, about the Dutch horse, first off, there was a sniglet once I read, and it said when the two Dutch brothers have a horse in the same race there's a 50, 50% likelihood that one of them will win. That's pretty incredible. Well, if that's the statistic, that's a pretty good one. And, and um, <laughs> Rick, is, Rick is hard to beat. <laughs> Rick is hard to beat. He's one of them names. There's other guys, too. But Rick is one of them names that when you look on that overnight, see that name, you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> I I always do when I see the last name, and, and and I draw a breath and say, wait a minute, I better go back and and take a look at this. With three brothers training horses, Rick, Sydney, and yourself, do you guys have you ever just gotten together and just talk shop, or is it something that you do frequently, or or a couple times a year, and just just kind of hack done it that out? All our lives, we've done that all our lives. We continue to do that today. Um, Would you yeah, consider we've done that, that all our lives? Would that be part of the successful uh, uh, methods of your operation? You know, there's got to be something to it uh, because 
um, I, I don't I don't know just what, but all three of us boys uh, to be somewhat successful in the horse business. Um, uh, there's got to be something to it uh, that our dad was uh, so successful and and um, and we've and we've kind of um, been able to uh, you know do, to get some things done as well. So I think there's got to be something to it uh, in that in the genetics or um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know, but probably probably a little something to some type of an advantage. I, I, it, it looks like it's some type of an advantage having uh, been the sons of uh, of a, a horseman like my dad. That is an incredible honor, and I and I know listeners out there would say, "Boy, would I would I be to fly be a fly on the wall to hear some of the conversations that would actually uh, transpire from a around the, around the kitchen uh, uh, dinner session." But you know, t- no, Tony, you, actually, it's pretty simple. It's it's not that uh, that there's not that much to it. It's pretty simple. Um, I heard Billy Mott say this one time uh, many years ago uh, that. He just tries to keep things uh, simple, and um, I think uh, just a simple approach to the horses, just a, uh, a realistic, simple approach to it, uh, taking great care of them, um, uh, giving them a chance to win. I, I, I don't think there's a, a lot to it. Uh, you know, I think you, the, the simpler you keep it, the ba- more basic you keep it, and, and uh, just try to apply uh, a good work ethic uh, to it, um, I, I really don't know that it's all that uh, you know, difficult to, if you're willing to work hard. I don't, I don't think it's all that difficult to be successful. But you got to be willing to work hard. Simplicity in its finest, and sweat equity, and uh, putting putting in the hours. I think it's, I think it's incredible. And still, I'd like to be the fly on the wall to hear the hear the guys get together the, this weekend. The ninth race at uh, at Belmont, almost at Aqueduct. I still have Aqueduct on the mind. The mile on the 16th, the Dwyer Grade Two event. Very nice race indeed. Actually, uh, when I was looking at it, it came up a, a whole lot tougher. Uh, Dominus is in there, two to one. And then I, I, I shrugged down just a little bit. I come across Tech Fall at ten to one. Ramon Dominguez and yourself leading up. Um, well, uh, our horse has got a lot to prove. Um, uh, we're completely aware of that. Um, we're we're going to give him a chance to see if he can take the the next step up um he's done he's done well for us and uh in a year that it seems that uh so many three-year-olds have been successful um we're, we're going to see if our horse uh can can take this uh step and and run well if he if if he was to run well we would um take that as a as a positive but that's all we're doing. We're we're just giving ourselves, our horse, a chance to see if we can take another step. He's a lightly raced horse, and you know maybe he can. Maybe. I kept looking at the serial colt by Birdstone. It said shooting bullets like Jesse James, and one of my favorites, third off a layoff, and works well for you as well. I don't know if you're familiar with the percentage of 31 percent in the win, third off the shelf. Well, you know, a lot of people bring up. Those numbers of mine, um, uh, I, 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 I really don't want people to think that I put so much time into thinking about those those numbers. I, I know that I'm aware that uh, 
in, in my career I've had, you know, good numbers. But, um, yeah, I put a lot more uh, salt into the preparation than I do of those numbers. But anyhow, um, um, the, if that's the situation we're in and they, those numbers are good, so I have to, I have to feel good about them <laughs> going into Saturday. I was I didn't want to bring it up just but the last second thought I said it at ten to one three off the layoff and four for four in the money lifetime this three year old cold has done very little wrong and I wish you nothing but the best of luck with Techfall and also when you when you alluded to hard work paying off you had a, an exciting time at Breeders Cup with with uh, I believe now you have to correct me is it Harvard to Graw or Harvard to Grace? Uh, Harvard to Grace. Harvard of Grace, I keep saying Harvard uh, of Graw, I, I guess from the, the track, a little warm, rightly so, joyful victory. How was the, the big uh, weekend for you? Oh, it was. That was a bunch of fun. Uh, uh, they they nice horses. I was, man, that was exciting. And they nice horses. They all gave me a great year. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that was so much fun. Uh, that's why I wish everybody could do that in the horse business. That's what um, that's what we all play the game for is to, uh, have a nice horse to run in a nice race. And it's, uh, the journey there is, is, is very rewarding when you get there. But a, a lot of the fun, uh, of it all is, um, uh, is, is the journey and, uh, everybody's working hard and trying hard. And, um, it's so rewarding when, when you get, uh, something, uh, like them, um, uh, they might not be. Uh, such a special horse uh, that captures, you know, the, the household names, but um, really nice horses for us and, and our connections. And and uh, to get in those races and be involved in a day like that was nothing short of spectacular. A weekend uh, to behold forever uh, in a career, uh, but which only can hopefully be uh, be duplicated and or uh, with as much fun in the future, which I think that you're always going to enjoy what you do to the day that you, you stop. For, for trainers, you know, I, I always ask a veteran trainer, especially, and, and I hate to allude to it, but with your, your success and, and the rate of your success, which means, as you said about hard work, for trainers that are wanting to get in the game or those that are struggling, what would you impart to them as far as a bit of wisdom you know, to maybe help get them over that hump. Uh, they got a they got a tough job ahead of them. Um, they have to be the, the the tireless worker. They have to separate themselves from the competition. Um, they have to be wise and and just be a a relentless worker with a a reservoir of energy that uh, that, that that doesn't quit. Um, you just have to be so devoted. You just have to work so hard. And there's plenty of people out there doing that and accomplishing great things. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna fall anywhere uh, short of those uh, simple uh, uh, qualities, um, uh, you, you're not going. You're not going to get there. <laughs> and hopefully, you do get there this weekend and in the future, sir. Tony, thank you for joining us here on Winning Ponies. We really appreciate your taking your time away from family to be with us in your busy schedule. Best of luck to you and yours, and I know we'll be seeing you in the winter circle soon, my, my friend. Thank you, sir, and best of luck this weekend. Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you, Tony. Our pleasure. That's been Tony Dutro joining us here right on the heels of Brad Calhoun's strong trainer contingent. That was a whole lot of fun. Tell you what, you're talking to some of the biggest names in racing. have to admit, it's a lot of fun for me. All right, time to head out to a break, and when we return, we're going to talk a little bit of news and a whole lot of handicapping in the remainder here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining us. Hope you caught Brett Calhoun and Tony Dutrow. I'll tell you what, uh, I, I have to say that's pretty strong. I really enjoyed chatting with the both of them because uh, they're super strong numbers. And, and, in fact, if you if you take a look at them and you can see them on the Winning Ponies Easy Forms, that uh, when they actually team up with riders and trainers, their numbers are through the roof. Tony was a little quiet. You know, he didn't brag about those numbers. 32% on the win end, 67% in the money and mr calhoun's are just right behind that so anyway that being said also had a text from a friend that said hey i got your saturday races that are coming up sunday races he said 
but what about Monday? What do we have for Monday? Now, this is a good friend of mine. He tunes in. I say, okay, Monday, July 4th. Now, it's a big weekend. Belmont has the Prior Estates at Grade 1. Parks has the Dr. James Penny Memorial. Churchill has the Firecracker Handicap. Hollywood, the Royal Heroin Mile Stakes, a grade two event. Fort Erie has the Rainbow Connection. Monmouth has the Mr. Prospector Stakes. Calder has the Bob Humphrey Turf. Monmouth has the Choice Stakes. Hollywood has the Lava Man Stakes. Canterbury has the Dean Coots Derby. And what a rider Dean Coots was. This guy was as tough as a nickel stake. Pleasanton has the All Median. Colonial has the Punchline Stakes. Riadosa, the Sierra Blanca, Sunland Park, Sunray Park, the Frontier Trophy, the Rappo, the Front Range Stakes, Canterbury has the Minnesota HBPA, Emerald has the NWSS Strong Roller Stakes, Emerald, the Knight's Choice, and Delaware has the Alec Cortillas Arabian Stakes. So that is what's going on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. This is a powerhouse weekend of running. Right across a neat little story, ESPN.com, Paul Moran uh, does some incredible work. Anywhere you actually see his name appear, you need to take a, take a peeky at it, and it was, says, a signs of things to come. Now, I kind of play devil's advocate. You know, ratings are up. Things are happening in racing. But then I will also present the other side where, you know, things that we need to do to actually upstep our, our endeavors into racing to, to pass it on to the next generation. Which led me to Paul Moran, and especially ESPN.com, of sign of things to come. It says, per Mr. Moran, it's a typical early summer afternoon in South Florida. Traffic on the strips along the beaches in Fort Lauderdale and Hollywood is heavy even in the all-season. He says, sooner or later it's going to rain. There's going to be no live racing on this particular day. But getting a bet down is not a problem. That part kind of caught my eye. said less than a dozen horse players are present in the simulcast room at Gulfstream Park, which as racetracks go, is a nice mall. And only a few gamblers are playing slot machines in the casino. What the heck? Restaurants and retail stores are now part of the winter racing experience at Gulfstreams, and they suffer in the summer for want of clientele. And the question is raised, why is there a pottery barn at the racetrack? 20 years ago, and paramutual wagering was the only legal gambling activity in South Florida. The market was overcrowded. Called a race course, Hialeah Gulfstream shared a year-round thoroughbred season. Pompano Park called itself the winter capital of harness racing. In fact, it was. At least there were three tracks that conducted Greyhound racing. Gamblers, some inclined, had a choice of highlight front hunts. And, and if the consensus was that there was too much competition for the gambling dollar in South Florida. Nobody imagined this. Less than a mile away from the nearly abandoned Gulfstream, what was once the Hollywood Greyhound track is now the Mardi Gras Casino. A few miles to the north, there is a poker room at Dania Highlight. Harness racing is almost an afterthought at the Isle of Capri Casino at Pompano Beach. To the south, the casino is in development at Hylia Park. To the west, there's a casino at Calder in the Seminole Tribe operates a sprawling gambling enterprise at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, which functions independent of paramutual component, dominates the market, at least on this afternoon, is uniquely busy. Long story short, Mr. Moran is trying to tell us there was nobody there. Nobody there. I mean, this really kind of caught me. 
it just kind of shook me up because I was under the impression that the things were things were going well in the Florida. They were going very well in the great state of Florida. There's only one guy that we can actually get on. We'll get him on next week. That's Dangerous Dan. Dangerous Dan, a.k.a. Dan Moore, plays at a, at a uh, Greyhound facility to be named at a later time. He is there. He plays. He loves it. We're going to get his feelings on that, see if he's seen how the crowds are diminishing and, in fact, if this is true. Okay, time for some hardcore handicapping. Got about eight, nine minutes left. And, you know, I kind of like to, like to do a little homework for the weekend, and I would suggest you do the same. There's some great races they have for Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Super strong. Yeah, it's like Christmas coming twice. Ninth race at New York, a mile and 16th, a grade two Dwyer grade two event for 150000 Going to go a one-turn mile and a 16th, slated to go at 5.16 p.m. I know it seems late in the day, doesn't it? 5.16 p.m. in the ninth race. In here, Dominus looks good at two to one. And, in fact, the, the selling point for me was on April 30th at Churchill Downs. I was there as nighttime racing. It was the first derby trial under the lights. It was a grade three event. When Ding Dang knocking it out with Mockin and JJ's Lucky Train rounded out the try, Steve Asmussen is one for one at New York, but coming out of this race at Churchill Downs, I think that Dominus is really coming along. The inside posts are winning at above a 20% clip ran second last time out. Uh, hasn't raced for more than two months. Hasn't raced for more than two months. Three for three in the money. It's a three originally by Smart Strike. Steve Asmus and Julian Peru. they team up. They've been winning 40%, 70% in the money the last two months. I think Dominus is going to be extremely tough to beat in here. And I think, you know, you're going to get a square two to one. You heard Mr. Dutcher talk about Tech Fall will defect. And, in fact, that's good news. You're hearing that on Thursday for Saturday. And you only heard it here on Winning Ponies. My second bet at New York. I love New York. Not I love L.A. I love New York, but I do like L.A. Tenth race, a mile and an eighth. The Suburban Handicap Grade 2 event for $300,000. One turn, mile and an eighth. As if it couldn't get any better. Rodman is the 8-5 to five favorite. In there, I go to the three. Convocation, Ramon Dominguez and James Jerkins. I'm going to go a little bit of a horse for a course. Eight starts, seven of which the eight are in the money. Mile and 60, easy goer. Made him some nice, rounded run, but looked like that he actually had more in the tank. Convocation is 6-1. to one. What kind of caps me off here, now the last race was June 5th. Had a nice bullet work of 47-1, the best of 18, over the T. Belmont track. I like Convocation. I like 6-1, to one. and if I can get that, I think I'm going to try to get it each and every time that uh, the wagering gods will allow. Race 12 is at Churchill. It is the 6 furlong grade 3 Bashford Manor Stakes. Six furlongs, as I said. In here, I believe we were talking to the winner, and that's Brett Calhoun and Miguel Mena with Little Cherokee. The two is six to one here. These guys went 16% together, 63% in the money. Calhoun only, only winning 10% of the time, excuse me, at Churchill Downs, 25% on the year, 57% in the money. 
Selling point for me. I know Cherokee Runner can sprint. But the dam, Western Lil, she has dropped 60% two-year-old winners. Seven starters, six winners, three of which are stakes winners. I believe this Texas Brett, I believe Brett's got her pointed in the right direction, or him in the right direction. I like, I, I would like to see him actually run. I, it, it's going to break my heart to, to see him scratch. I, I, I would, it's going to break my heart. I really thought that I had some, some power up my sleeve. But then there's one right next to this one. Now, you know, when he was talking about the tool, it started making me worry. It, it, do, do we have an inside bad bias? It breaks my heart. I really thought that I had a, a good piece of action for Mr. Calhoun there at 6-1. to But second choice near, I go to Power World, also 6-1. to Corey Lannery and Neil Howard, now, they team up together because they're only in the money 50%. I saw something incredible out of this runner. This steel called by Distorted Humor. They were running four and a half furlongs and was eighth by 11 lengths at the first call. Bumped, pinched back at the start, and came on screaming on June 11th. Four and a half furlongs, going to six without Calhoun in the speed that I wanted. And, you know, okay, I can live with it. I'm going to have to live with it. Because I, I didn't, want, didn't want to look forward to that uh, big Texas race, but he said Prairie Meadows, so we need to be watching there. Wants a little more time. But I'm going with my number two horse here, Power World, the dam perfectly, 75% with her two-year-olds. That's incredible. And by distorted humor, out of perfectly, Corey Lannery, Neil Howard, stretching out, getting more run. Like it, love it, get some more of it. I'll go to my number two horse, Power World, which I think becomes, by default, number one. Six race at Hollywood is the Shoemaker Grade one, a mile on the weeds. I like Cara Cortado. Cara Cortado, to me, ever since the Malibu on December 26th, ever since they went, excuse me, two races prior to that, the last was in the Preakness of 2010, when Paul Atkinson came off and JoJo Talamo started riding for Mike Mikowski. I really like the way he fits this runner. Nothing against Mr. Atkinson. Not a thing. But I like the way Cara Cortado looks. Ran on the dirt at Churchill Downs in the Great Three Alley. Sheba made a middle, big, huge middle move. Ridden at the three ace between and faded against first dude. Come on. Cara Cortado going to win the Shoemaker Mile. Grade one. Very nice race indeed. And then we go to the 10th race at Monmouth Park. Rounded up, and we're going to go with the Salvatore Mile in here. I like Soaring Empire. Jose Lescano, I complain about him more than the day is long. I've got more seconds on Mr. Lescano than any other rider in the world, but I think he wins this one. That is in the Salvatore Mile. Then the 11th race, the United Nations Grade 1 at Monmouth Park. And in here, I absolutely love one. That is the 9, if I have it correctly, Chinchon. If Chinchon wins, I think it would be a good weekend for me. 5-2, to two, Garrett Gogo Gomez, 1-for-1 one one at Monmouth. Last race is in Singapore. My goodness, I'm telling you what, this one really jumps out of me. It fits Gomez right down to the T. So Chinchon in the United Nations. And there you have it, that's Saturday's races. They also have nighttime racing tomorrow at Churchill Downs. You want to check that out as well. And time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. This week was no different. Winning ponies would like to thank Mr. Tony Dutrow and Mr. Brett Calhoun and you for tuning in with us. So until next week... May your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck.
Good night, and have a great Fourth of July weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.